Hello, thanks for pressing play and welcome to the next Frontline, the future of manufacturing, operational excellence, Industry 4.0, and the people building it. This is your host, Eric Dunn. Today, it is my pleasure to present my conversation with Tania Arellano, an amazing example in manufacturing leadership. I met Tania when she was the plant manager for the Guadalajara site of Mars Pet Care. Yep. It's that same Mars that is famous for M&Ms, Snickers, Skittles. Well, it happens that they also make pets happy with their products like Pedigree and other great brands that you might know if you have a pet. Uh, but Tanya has been a plant manager several times in different world-class companies like Cargill, Nature Suite, the makers of those delicious cherry tomatoes, and Grupo Bimbo, the largest baker in the world. Most interestingly, she has done this challenging job in many different cultures in Mexico, China, and the United States. Tanya shares great insights on how to manage people across cultures and how to navigate the opportunities and challenges of the manufacturing world as a woman. Please join me in welcoming Tanya Arellano. Tanya, thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for inviting me. So, Tanya, I often have the opportunity to chat with people who have earned a black belt on Six Sigma. However, however, none have the type of black belt that you have, which I find to be a, a really useful one, right? One that commands the respect of anyone. Can you talk a little bit about that? How and when you got this particular type of black belt? <laughs> sure. I know it's kind of different to what we're used to in the industry. But yes, I'm a black belt in Kung Fu. I actually got my black belt like uh, like seven years ago or so. After practicing like 20 years, I started like a teenager and been practicing on and off. And, and now I have a black belt. I haven't been very active lately, but uh, yes, as you say, I, I not normally use it like to say, hey, I'm a black belt. Please respect me because I'm going to hit you if you don't. <laughs> I, it, it I doesn't don't use hurt it to that. know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I doesn't use it that way. But yes, when people know that, it's like, oh, good thing that I've been treating you fair. But no, it, it, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's a, that's a great background, and it seems like you like you enjoy um, challenges and the, and tough things, tough careers. I know that you're a chemical engineer, which I perceive to, to be one of the toughest careers out there. I wonder, how did you end up in the wonderful world of manufacturing? Yeah, I mean, you said it right. Somehow I'm like a masochistic girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like tough challenges. So yes, I'm a chemical engineer. And one of the things that we uh, study in engineering is processes. Mm -hmm. So one of the paths we follow, usually when we finish the the university and the career is uh, actually manufacturing. I started in, in the sales part. Uh, I used to sell ingredients. And when I used to visit some of my, of my uh, clients out there in the plants, I felt so envious seeing how they applied everything in, in, in their plants, yeah. the machinery, the people, the craziness, the, the good, I'm going to say it in a good way, the chaos of being. Yeah among the machines and everything. So I knew that I needed to be there. And to be honest, at the beginning, it wasn't that easy because uh, I remember seeing a lot of ads 
looking for engineers in the in, in the manufacturing industry, mm -hmm. but they were asking for men. They were asking for for male uh, engineers. Somehow. So th this now. this is um, for those listening to us internationally. They might be surprised, but this is this was a very common practice, especially in Mexico, right? Yes, it it used to be very common. You're right, and and you you could see that kind of ads at the beginning. It was like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of difficult, but I wanted to be there and I tried to find the, the right opportunity, tried to connect to the right uh, people going to the right places. So I went to meetings to try to connect and try to understand what the industry was needing. And uh, I wasn't afraid to go to interviews and stuff. So finally I got uh, a chance to get a, a position as a supervisor. And, and then I proved that I could be there working the shift patterns they needed and I, not because I was a, a woman was going to be something different. So so that's how I started. And then, then I fell in love with it. This is great. This is a great story. And, and actually, I want to come back later on to this particular subject of the challenges that the women face in, in the manufacturing industry, which is uh, very particular. Before I go there, um, you very quickly, it seems like you very quickly went up the ladder in in your company where you're working and you first became a plant manager in what I think are unusual circumstances, right? And this had a great impact on you the way I understand it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, yeah, I used to work in this company. They were training me. I, I was a trainee actually, mm -hmm. uh, giving me different kinds of challenges so I could learn more and more and become a, a, an executive and a manager. So there was an opportunity in China because uh, the plant manager over there was going to go to the U.S. for a training. So they said, why not offering it to Tanya? Let's see uh, if she can do it. And they, I had an interview, like a regular job interview with the people that was working in China. And I remember them, them telling me, you know what? You are going to have a, a, a very big challenge because Chinese people respect age gender and experience and you are very young i was very young at the time you are very young you're not a male they respect a more yeah. male in a leadership position and you have uh I, I was i had been in the company like for two and a half years or something like that yeah <laughs> so so and you, you were a foreigner you were a foreigner and i was a foreigner yeah so I had everything against me. That's what they told me in, in the interview. And are you up to the well, challenge? That's, that's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know what? It, it That challenge it encouraged me a lot. It's not that I needed to prove anything. I needed to prove to myself that I could do it, that I could succeed anywhere. And for me, it was a great opportunity. So I went there. I, I won the opportunity to be there. And it, it, it was for six months for the time the plant manager went to to study his training, it was such a fantastic experience to me. I The first thing that I learned is that people are people everywhere. And there are some needs that people have everywhere, no matter what, no matter about the, the culture or the origin or anything. People need respect. People need to be listened to. People need to be taken into account in making decisions. Because I remember there was like a paradigm Telling, people telling me that when you go to China, you have to be very directive. Sorry that I'm being, I'm saying this about China. It was just the advice that people gave me, not knowing about what they were talking about. Because yeah. um, 
that's what they told me. They, you need to be very direct to them. You need to give them a, all the path. You need to tell them step by step what they have to do. But I wasn't able to do that because I didn't know what they were doing there. I didn't mm -hmm. know uh, the way they were working. I didn't know what they were good at. So I needed to listen to what they were doing. I needed to see what they were good at. I needed to uh, pay cl close attention to what they uh, wanted to say. So, so that was a, a, a huge surprise to me to learn that they needed whatever we need, <laughs> whatever yeah. people need any, anywhere. So it, it made a, a, a big difference to them. And we were very successful. We got, we changed everything. All KPIs in, improved. People were happy. People were engaged. And we gave very good results there. So it changes, it changed everything to me in my career. <laughs> this is great. This yeah. is a great story. And, and by the way, so people know that this was in, in the largest baker in the world, Grupo Bimbo, that has you know presence in 32 countries around the world. Uh, and after that, I mean, you've been a plant manager now in in multiple companies. You know, Grupo Bimbo was one of those. I know you've been in Nature Suite, in Cargill, uh, now in Mars, different cultures, different countries. What have you found to be a common theme. I mean, you just mentioned that people are people everywhere. What advice would you give to your younger self uh, before you took that that new role as a plant manager? Well, I think one of the things would be being humble and yeah. getting to the place knowing that you don't know anything or you don't know everything. Uh, you know a lot of things, but you don't know everything and people know you are there to to make their their work easier. You are there to make their work uh, more productive, giving them what they need to make it easier and more productive. I, I think that's the main thing. It's, uh, it's more about, uh, yes, you need to be organized. Yes, you need to understand the processes. Yes, you need to uh, understand the culture of the company you are working for and apply it and make it your own and and, but I think the main thing is to engage people and the way of doing it, I think is being humble. This is great advice. This is great advice. And I, I want to follow on with on, on this theme. Uh, I mean, you've been managing for many years and, you know, during the pandemic, new attention has been brought to the frontline employees, the frontline workers, the operators who are there on the shop floor, the warehouses. How do you see... You know, how are frontline workers of today different from, say, 10 or 15 years ago? You know, what is changing in the way of managing, engaging, and empowering them? I think I have a, a mixed answer about that because one okay. of them is uh, people are people and people have needs as people. But the other thing I think they are changing in the way of now they speak up their minds more. They want to give opinions and they are not afraid to give them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something uh, different to what I found maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I used to have that kind of people, but they were not like the majority. And now I think most of people want to give their opinion and, and they want to uh, help you uh, succeed. If you allow them to, right? Exactly. Exactly. If you allow them. That's fantastic. No, thank you for that. Now, let me go back, as I promised, to the theme of um, working as, as a woman in, in the manufacturing industry. 
Um, what have you found to be particularly particularly difficult? And what advice would you give to other women so they can be successful in this environment? That's a very interesting question. I think it was difficult at the beginning because, as I said, in this environment where for manufacturing, they were looking for male because for some reason they didn't think we were going to be able to uh, like shift patterns or being with men, uh, managing mm -hmm. men or, or whatever. I think at the beginning it was difficult to prove that I could be like another man. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of strange because at the beginning I wanted to blend in. I wanted and, and to be up be up to the challenge of doing the same thing. Yes, but more than that, yes. I mean that, of course, yes. I wanted to prove that I could be a uh, up to the challenge, of course. But then, in my mind, it was like, uh, you know what they. They shouldn't feel a difference. They should feel comfortable with me being working with them. So it was kind of difficult for me being myself. But that's something that changed. Because now I understand that what we add to the industry is the fact that we are different. So at the beginning, for me, it was difficult to be myself and to present myself and to bring this self, this different self, yeah. uh, to add value, you know? I found it difficult to, I thought that companies would want me to be one more of of, um, of what they have already. An advice that I would give uh, another women mm -hmm. is that have the confidence, empower yourself, be yourself, because that's what is going to make the difference. Not trying to blend in as another man. I know manufacturing is, it's a, a right now a world a, a men's a dominated world, mm -hmm. but it's because at the beginning we weren't that allowed to be here. At least in my country, at the beginning of my career, now it's different. Now companies want us here because they see the the value we add. Now we can be ourselves. So let's be ourselves. That's fantastic. Um to wrap this up, you have two kids, you know, one is three years old, another one is less than a year old, and you've been able to cope with your professional career. So my question is not, not what you did, but how can employers support women in these circumstances? That's a great question. I think uh, the main thing is understand the difference. We are different and we need different things. We've been, uh, women have been uh, in the need of adapting to what is there. But I think companies, what need to do is to understand the differences and help us, um, giving us the flexibility, uh, giving us the, the opportunity to be ourselves. In this case, I, I can talk about the company that I work for. They really listen to what we need. And it's not applied only to women. They apply everything they change in order for us to be more uh, ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's allowed also for men and it's helping us to be engaged with the company and and, and really support uh, the company. We're, we're really engaged. And to answer your question, I, I would say is uh, really pay attention to what's different and the, the different needs that women or men have. Tanya, thanks for this. To wrap it up, uh, we always like to touch the theme of you know where manufacturing is going, the future of manufacturing. So I'll just give you one generic question, which is, you know, 
what is one thing, whether it's a trend, a technology, a specific project that you're engaged in that excites you about the future, whether it's in manufacturing in general or in your particular industry? I think it's, uh, as I said before, what I think our job is to, is to make it is to make the work of our people easier. And I think all technologies that I are going towards that uh, really excite me. Uh, what I mean is, for example, we hear a lot about automation or data recollection or these kind of things. And a lot of people think that that's something that, oh, you are replacing people or, oh, you are uh, putting uh, machines or artificial intelligence to do this or that instead of people. The way I see it is we are making it easier for the people that are working for us. That's fantastic. Tanya, with that great and optimistic note, I would like to wrap it up and Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your insights. And I look forward, uh, ideally, to another conversation in the future with you. Thank you. Thank you for this time. This podcast is brought to you by Rever, the frontline excellence platform. Rever connects the people who identify problems with the people who can solve them within your organization. Rever is an easy-to-use app that empowers your frontline employees to collaborate, identifying and solving problems, and improving existing processes at the source. Visit Reverscore.com to learn how plant managers in companies like Toyota, GlaxoSmithKline, Mitsubishi, Mars, and Grupo Bimbo have saved millions of dollars by connecting their frontline employees and improving productivity with Rever. Visit Reverscore.com.